Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. And this is a special Two Robbies podcast, and it's a refereeing special, my friend. We're very lucky to have former Premier League referee Mark Clattenburg with us today in the pod. A Premier League referee of 13 years. He's a referee basically during that time, apart from the biggest games in England with the FA Cup and League Cup and big Premier League matches. He's referee games in the Champions League, the Champions League final, Olympic Games final, European Championships final and international matches. So the only one he hasn't done really is the World Cup final. So we're very lucky to have Mark Clattenburg. Mark, welcome into the podcast. It's going to be fascinating listening, I'm sure. And we will get to listen to questions questions a little later uh, in our show but we want to take this opportunity to really get into some detail with the video assistant refereeing situation that we know has been confirmed that's coming to the Premier League for next season Um, and it will be used throughout the Premier League now we know that this VAR as it's called of course is used in different countries to varying levels of success Um, so we want to start there Mark and our first question here from and we've got some uh, some followers that have tweeted in at the Dyer King basically says here, hey, Mark Clattenburg, how would you implement VAR next year to avoid some of the problems it's had in England so far? So far this season, it's been a disaster, I think. And that's uh, the testing. Mm. It's been yeah, testing. It's been testing, but it's also been in live cup games. Yeah. And it's been a disaster. It started off negative um, by the Willian penalty, yeah. where they didn't have the correct camera angles mm. that the TV mm. company had. So that yeah. was one of the negatives. Mm. Then it's just carried on that. When you've got a debatable decision, it's always still going to leave controversy in the air. But when we've got matter of fact, it should clear it up. But we've seen situations during the live cup games mm. where they're using 60 metre cameras for offside and it's not in line. With a Harry Kane offside. Yeah, Chelsea had a different view, didn't they? Yeah, one the, different line the camera and... was on the halfway line, which was yeah. more accurate, but it wasn't available to to the video assistant referee, which meant the system's flawed. And also, when you when you have that, and it's matter of fact, and we're not drawing the correct line across, then it's going to give a negative a negative feeling. Also, we've got to worry about time. It seems mm. to be taking too Time's long. Time's a big thing, isn't it? If it takes too long, it feels like the game's stopped. I don't know, players are wandering around. People don't know what's going on. Yeah, and that's one of the issues that Mike Riley and the PGM World want to avoid. They want to, they want to reduce the time, but the problem with that is it's going to be rushed. You'd want to rush the decision. You want to get the correct decision, but in the shortest possible time. How long should that roughly be, in, in your view? What, what's a good time? Round about in the World Cup, it was around about 90 seconds. Mm. But the, the, the issue is that the PJ Muella are shown at the moment is they're relying on the video system referee to make the final call. I don't believe that's correct. We in Saudi Arabia have had it for one season. And it's simple. All I recommend to the referees is 
if you've given a penalty, because there's four subjects that the, the VAR... Yeah, just, just go in. over what's going to be useful, Mark. So one of them is, every time there's a goal scored, you're checking for offside, a foul in the build-up, has the ball gone out of play? So you're looking at different areas. Same for a penalty kick. So you go through a, like a checklist, like a pilot, mm. a pilot who's about to fly a plane. You have a checklist, you tick your checklist off, and you make sure that the goal or the penalty is clean or the, maybe a, an off-the-ball incident, which could be highlighted mm. now, could be highlighted after 20 minutes later and still be sent off. Mm. So them, they're the type of areas you look at. So if there's been a goal scored, the video referee will look, check there's no offside, Check there's been no foul in the build-up, therefore, mm, correct. It's okay, yeah. The problem you've got with penalties or bad challenges, and I've seen one in the FA Cup with Martin Atkinson at uh, Barnsley. And the issue we had here was, as the tackle come in, the referees played on. Therefore, mm -hmm. he didn't think it was a red card. In his opinion, on the field yeah. of play, it's gone to the video referee because he wants to check that mm. it's a bad foul or a, a genuine attempt to play the ball. The video referee thought, that's a red card. So he takes the advice from the video referee, who could be a lesser referee. Yeah. Uh, he's then taking that advice and instantly dismissing. I don't want that. In Saudi Arabia, all I say to them is, when you see an incident like this, the referee, go to the screen, check it, you make the final call. So the video referee is only there to send the referee to the video. This quickens okay. it up because... If the video, if the referee calls a penalty mm. or no penalty, fifteen seconds, you mm. go and have a look. You don't wait for yeah. the video referee to tell you to go and have a look. You go and have a look. You see the the replays, mm. you and you yes make your no. final decision. But isn't it quicker for a video assistant referee to say, "Mark, I'm telling you right now that that was a foul." It's quicker than you running to the sideline, isn't it? I'm not. I know you don't I'm, like it. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that, Robbie, yeah. because I'm the referee. It's my game. Mm. It's mm. my game. You want I'm control that, of that situation. Yeah, but I'm going to get criticised if I get it wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to blame. Mm. If I've made... For, for example, I still get blamed for the Mendes goal at Old Trafford. Yeah. I still get yeah. blamed for that. <laughs> and it wasn't my fault. It's the assistant <laughs> yeah. referee's fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was over, yeah. So I'm still getting blamed. Mm. So there's calls in a game that are huge, huge calls. Yeah. Me as the referee, who's the lead man, I've been appointed to manage that game. Mm. I want to make that mm. final call. Yeah. Because what you're relying on is a second man's opinion. Mm. And that second man's opinion, what you'll end up getting in more inconsistencies and what happened in the World Cup, early part of the tournament, there was so many inconsistencies because the video referee was saying, is this a clear and obvious error by the referee? And that's mm. dangerous yeah. because as a referee, I might think, and I've got the temperature, I've got the smell of the game, yeah. therefore, I know mm. what, what's happened on the pitch. I just sometimes want the second chance to look at it. Do you think, I mean, but isn't, isn't that the whole idea though, Mark? It, it sounds like that, I know you want to get a second chance, but that's the whole point, isn't it? Clear and obvious errors. And referees won't like it when maybe the VAR guy says, hang on a minute, Mark, mm. we think this is an error. Is there going to be some referees that go over there yeah. and say, you know what, I'm still, you know, no matter what you see on the screen says, you know what, I, I think I was right and overrule that. Which slightly leads to, to a bigger point, and it's a good point, Mussie. Do you, you must talk to the referees. Are they all in favour of it? Massively, massively, because referees get highly criticised when they make mistakes. Mm. Well, you all do. We get death threats. <laughs> yeah. You get abused on social media. So all you want to be able to do is have a chance to put it right. And even the top referees, when they go to that screen 
if they've made a mistake, a genuine mistake, they'll want to put it right. Yeah. But what I'm worried about is relying on maybe an inexperienced referee who hasn't, you've maybe only been in the Premier League one or two years mm. and it's in a huge game. He's then making the final call and that's all, Mike Riley and the PGML, all they've done that for is to reduce the time so is that so kind of going back to the question a little bit is that how it's going to come in Mark where they're going to try and avoid the referee jogging over to the sideline is that what they're going to try and do which yeah. obviously you don't agree with but for our, for our listeners that's how they're going to try and do it to cut out the time so that's how it will be implemented next season under the current if Mike Riley's still in, in post because yeah. Mike Riley's an, is adamant that he wants to reduce the time and we we'll have to be careful the Premier League is the fastest and the most exciting league in the world therefore they don't want to they don't want to be standing around for three, four minutes. We've seen a situation um, with an offside where we're talking millimetres. Mm. It took three mm. minutes. And then well, I was flabbergasted because we all know offside as a matter of fact. Mm. People are still arguing about it <laughs> because they're saying, hold on, it's only one or two millimetres. Therefore, we should give the benefit of the doubt. Unfortunately, guys, when we're using technology in future, you can't use benefit of the doubt. That's out we we'll have to stick to matter of fact. Back to technology. And our very own Arlo White I wanted to get involved in this conversation as well. He's basically saying here, hello, Mark. Is the same tech, we're just talking about tech there and, and the screens, etc. is the same tech being used for VAR in the cup competitions this year that will be used in the Premier League from next season? Simple answer, yes. But some countries, they still, in the MLS here in the, in, in the United States, they do stadium by stadium. So what they'll do is they'll look at They'll have their, 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 their set up in the stadium with a video referee. What the Premier League use is the central system. So the central system, it's based in London. They have all the games to a live studio. So the video referees are all together in the live studio. So it's not stadium by stadium. So they get the, the, the video referee, he'll get all the, 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 the images, the whole game in this match centre. And that's how the Premier League will operate it next season. Whatever company it is, there's many co companies that actually do the technology, um, but the, the way the system and how the PGM will set it out next season exactly the same is what the FA Cup is. One of our work colleagues, Caroline Sayer, asked, asked a really interesting question here, and I, and I want to just develop the point a little bit more. Uh, she asked, as VAR becomes more widely implemented in the Premier League, do you think it will have a significant impact that the way referees make decisions and I also want you Mark to broaden this out because I know we touched on it a little bit earlier as well and linesmen because the flag going up can have a big bearing on the decision and what happens on the football pitch yeah so it has a massive impact on how you're going to referee because and I'll go into refereeing first now referees will play on more they'll they'll allow a, should allow a physical contact in the penalty area and play on to let the outcome happen mm -hmm. and if the referee has got it wrong Video will back. put it right. So you allow the outcome to happen. There may be a goal straight after the penalty call. Therefore, mm -hmm. the penalty doesn't matter yeah. because the goal has been scored. But referees are encouraged to, to allow the game to flow more to see what the outcome is. But it's interesting. If we look at assistant referees, because they deal with matter of fact, yeah. with offsides, mm -hmm. I've seen it more regularly now. Assistants are getting the tight ones wrong because... When, the, when they're operating in the FA Cup one week, and this is a hard thing for referees, when I used to referee in England and then Champions League, it's two different styles of football. Yeah, yeah. So when assistants are run, um, running the line in an FA Cup game, 
and it's been video technology, they've encouraged to keep the flag down yeah. because you need to see the outcome. What you do want to have is a situation where assistant uh, flags for an offside, all the players stop because then it nullifies yeah. what VAR is for. Yeah, what could have happened. What could have happened and it puts right the wrong. What I'm seeing now with assistant referees when they're coming back into the Premier League and we've seen numerous situations over the last few weeks in the Premier League mm. is that they're not flagging Putting the tight the ones up. and making yeah. mistakes because they're encouraged within the FA Cup. Because VAR would pick that mistake up if you've got it, but if you haven't got it... You've got to go back to the old traditional mm. methods of flagging what you believe mm. and what your eyes believe. But actually with video technology, what you believe, the tight one, you let go now because you know technology will put it right. So. And just, just when it puts it right on these offside mark, let's just cl clarify this. We know that the some of the, the subjective calls are going to try and stop the clear and obvious errors. For offside, it's not... It's going to be black and white, isn't it? It's not as though like, well, his toes, his toe was offside, but that's not a clear and obvious mm -hmm. error. If his toes offside, this is going to be where that's not uh, implied, isn't it? And so if he's offside, he's offside. And this is what happens when you're using matter of fact. And if it's a toe, if it's <laughs> yeah. a, any part of your body that can score a goal, yeah. it was great. Uh, you know, I listened to to you as experts when mm -hmm. you talk about an arm, mm -hmm. like an arm. Oh, he's, the arm's playing him on. Mm -hmm. No, the arm mm -hmm. isn't yeah. a part of the body that you can score a goal. Mm -hmm. So. When you're dealing with the smallest margins, then it's dangerous. Technology is dangerous because I'm a firm believer that the attacker should have the benefit. And I know you'll, you'll have Robbie saying it from an attacking point of view. <laughs> yeah. Robbie must all say it from a defending point of view. No, yeah. no, no. But we're encouraged that we want to, the game is getting faster. It's getting more enjoyable. We want more goals. But now we're going to see you know, goals disallowed mm. on the smallest of margins. And that's a big worry. Overall, are you pleased and comfortable that VAR will be okay, or do you think we're going to have a, a little bit of, of a tough time in the, in the first maybe few months of it? It depends what you want it for. It depends what you want technology for. And are you going to get mistakes? Yeah, because they're going to be debatable ones. The offside, you can't debate, right? <laughs> but, but but there might be one where. That, that me and Robbie on the studio say, mm. you know what, that was yeah. a clear and obvious error, yeah. that foul there. That's and he the might problem. say, that's yeah, there's no, a grayness. There's a grayness. A lot of these these penalties or players we've seen going down or there's a bit of contact, is that clear and obvious? I mean, that's all up for debate. So then we'll go back to, to what we want video of technology for is to stop the scandal decision. I think so, yeah. Mm. The, the, mm. the men, you know, my games, mm. the Mendes one. Where yeah. he shoots from the halfway line mm. against Manchester United and it's two foot over the line. Yes, we have goal line technology for yeah. that. And I'm thinking about the Thierry Henry handball. Mm. These are the type yeah. of decisions mm. what video technology is for to stop the scandal. Are we wanting technology to stop a debate? Definitely not. Yeah. I love the debate. We, we lose a job if we stop the debate. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> could, but, cut that we, right But out. we don't want to stop that. So we're no, going to have to no. accept what video is in for. And that might mean that hopefully. A lot of games, we won't even know it's there, Mark, it, it, like, because there isn't any obvious errors, so the game just plays out. I think, to be fair, in different countries, we're seeing that a lot. What we don't want stops. is that stop-start and, mm. and, and you know, every few minutes we're all sitting around waiting for the decisions. We might not see that, will we? I hope not, but what I do want to see is it improved. I want to mm. see, mm. see it in the stadium. As a football fan, I want to go to the stadium. I want the atmosphere. Therefore... I want to know what's happening mm. on the big well, screen. That's the, that's so the is, that NFL, is that NFL that's style? That's the next question now for you. NFL Why not? style. And people say to me, oh, the referee, I, I don't feel comfortable because players might be swearing. 
That's absolutely mm-hmm. garbage because all he has to do with the referee is open his microphone, mm. speak normally, and say, I'm looking at this decision and why I'm looking at this decision. And then you hear the video referee mm-hmm. explaining what he's watching, what he's watching and listening, um, watching. He talking feeds to that the referee. The referee. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, he ta- and, the referee and the referee then tells the, the crowd. The crowd. Yeah. And is supported by a big video screen that kind of, so it's kind of interactive where they're seeing the back and the forth of a foul or inside the box or outside the box or whatever. So it becomes an interactive experience for everybody in the stadium. You have to because one of the big concerns going forward, if you have technology and everybody at home watches, watches be, being able to watch the technology mm. playing out, okay, but you're not getting it in the stadium, why would I want to go to the stadium? I would rather watch it on TV. So let's bring the interaction back to the stadium where the atmosphere and, mm. you know, the, the, that's how football yeah. has always been played out. Yeah. But have the balance. So allow the referees to be able to communicate what they're looking at. And that will help technology go forward because it will give the people a chance to understand the concept. Just, mm. just something that, that I'm not 100% sure about here. And it's kind of, of, a, of a bit of a debate question as well. Just clarify. So... <clears throat> Attack goes up one end. There's a foul given just outside the penalty box, right? And then from that, from that um, foul, the free kick's gone into the top corner, but actually it wasn't really a foul in the first place. Now, am I right in thinking that because it's a dead ball situation, that, that it, it just continues, there's nothing you can do about that? Of course, of course, it's an open play, and there's a player runs through and he handles it on the way to scoring a goal, it will be called back. But a play like that, or another one would be where a corner's earned but it's actually a mistake so the corner was given by mistake from that corner somebody scores so a fan might be absolutely fed up like well hang on a minute we've just had a goal disallowed down there but that was a mistake from the officials that doesn't get corrected am I right in thinking that could happen 100% we've seen it in the World Cup final with Griezmann Mm. he got a foul from a simulation and Mm. therefore it led to the attack and free kick and France go 1-0 against Croatia Mm. so we have seen it where free kicks have been incorrectly given the problem you've got is, we can all, I can understand why there's only four areas that they want to look at. Penalties, yeah. uh, red cards, goals, because you can't re-referee a match. Mm-hmm. Because then a referee will make maybe one or 200 calls in a game. What are you going to do? Check all 200 calls. So therefore, it's just free kicks are defendable. But free just... kicks are defendable. Free kicks can't yeah, be defendable. Yeah. Throwings can corners, be defendable. And corner yeah. kicks corners, are defendable. Yeah. But, you know, let's be, let's be honest. How many referees do you see and will still laugh about it now? And I've done it. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. You've given incorrect corner. Mm. You know, because the players mm. have told yeah, you it's yeah, an incorrect yeah, yeah, corner yeah. and you can get the feeling. Mm. Therefore, when the ball comes into the penalty area, what do you normally hear? <laughs> the referee's the whistle. Yeah. And therefore, he gives it. So, you've got this, there's ways and means. If, mm. for example, there's an offside not given correctly because the assistant's totally keep his flag down because it's tight. It then goes to a corner. People don't accept from that corner it leads to a goal. But there's techniques. I'm sure that they'll be reviewing the offside. Yeah. And when the ball comes in, yeah, find a foul. Yeah. Find a foul. Because two wrongs don't make a right. But nobody accepts an incorrect goal. Anything else just you know, on that, Mark, that you just feel... The VAR? Yeah, just before we kind of wrap that up a little bit. Just from you guys, what what do you think? How do you think it can improve from yeah. your observations <clears throat> that well, you've seen so far? Yeah. It, 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 I think it's what you said, and you use the word scandalous. You want those decisions that you go home at night and think that's not right. 
the little ones, you know what? I can live with some of those that that they're on because that's a part of the game, the nature of the game. But the the big ones, when when something gone gone wrong and it affects the outcome of a game, because we've been in the other side where you'll know you train every day, you work hard, you might be fighting to stay in a league, you're fighting to get in a Champions League spot, so whatever it is, what you don't want is something on a Saturday that goes against you that's not right. Yeah, I think from from my my comment here is gonna you're gonna disagree with it. Um, I kind of like the way that the, the Premier League is going to try and stop, uh, try and speed it up. I know you've already said earlier that you want to go to the sideline. I, I, I would, would hope that a video assistant referee that's in the central place there that's looking at it that can say, sorry, Mark, that was a mistake, point to the spot for penalty. And I know you have what you said, you, you own the game, you want to go over there and, and um, make that decision. I just think if it's a clear and obvious error... Then you've got to trust the guys upstairs that actually say, Mark, I'm sorry, but it was an error. If there's a debate about it, then it's not a clear and obvious error and they should not get involved. I, I just want it to be quicker, Mark. I don't want to be stood, sat there um, with, the, with the referee jogging to the side with all the pressure and all that that's involved in that and the time taken. Um, I, I feel that would make it more palatable if it's quicker. But again, you don't yeah. agree. No, I, time's important. Mm-hmm. Time's important. But let's, let's think. Football is evolving every year mm. you know before long we'll, I don't think we'll have assistant referees <laughs> I don't yeah. because yeah. it's technology yeah. if you're getting technology to give off sides get look rid of the, the go- assistants look at the goal line decision system now I mean oh, fantastic. revolutionary it's completely mm. changed the way we all watch a game now mm. but the goal line technology is again it's a matter of fact and it's saved me many times in the Premier League from mm-hmm. a scandal yeah. Yeah. it would have saved us from the Mendes shot yeah. at Old Trafford in mm. 2006 mm. therefore yeah. let's keep technology in mm. let's Worry about the scandal decision and let's not worry about the ones that we're going to be. Before we get to listener questions, let's say a few words from one of our sponsors. When it comes to safety, there's nothing more important than your vehicle's brakes. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to help you choose the brakes that are an exact fit for your vehicle. Brands you trust like Brake Best, Brake Best Select and Wagner ThermoQuiet. O'Reilly Auto Parts has the brake parts and accessories you need at guaranteed low prices. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Right, so, Mark, you talked about interaction. We've had some great interaction with with many of our listeners who've tweeted in. They want to know questions. They want to get your insight and your experience of obviously managing in the Premier League and all those European um, competitions. I'm going to start you off with, with one that comes in, and, and this is, is one that I'm, I'm interested in myself and would like to get a take. Are referees more likely to call a dive on a player who's known to be a diver? And I want to even extend that. Do players' reputations play into part of the way you work and manage them? 100%. I think if a player has won penalties and they're not, when you, you're analysing or when you get your appointment on a Monday... You start doing your research. You don't prejudge. Let's get out of it. Mm. People say to me, ah, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you shouldn't be prejudging players. But you're actually... Coaches have everything. They'll have how the opposition going to play. They'll have reports on the referee. So the referee's having reports on the, on the teams, the players. Therefore, he's going to do his homework. Does he prejudge? No. But what he will do is find a perfect angle. So, for example, if you know a player who was a renowned diver, you would make sure you were up with play and found a good angle because you've got to make the correct call. Mm. With the introduction of video technology, separate subject, but when it's implemented next season in the Premier League, 
diving shouldn't become an issue. Shouldn't become an issue because video should put it right. The only concern I've got is, in which we've seen it with Mo Salah, when he's getting small contact, he's going down. This is the huge debate. How much contact there was? Mm. Was there enough contact to knock him over? That'll be a separate debate. <laughs> but you don't, you never prejudge, but you do all your, your, your analysis to make sure that you're in the best position when you've got players who can deceive the referee because the referee will get criticised if he gives a penalty when it's not. Do you think it's it's opening a huge can of worms if you if you start getting into a situation where, of course, we know now there's retrospective punishment for a player that deceives a referee and earns a penalty kick than is diving. And what we've seen so far is pretty clear dives. I think what you we talked earlier on on the set mark, and you said that you'd like to see that a little bit more where embellishments involved because we do see contact, a little bit of contact on through the body or through the upper body, and players throw themselves to the ground. But it won't be in the remit of the of the FA because mm. there was some contact. Do you think that the diving kind of debate we should get more into it and it should include embellishment of, of yeah. contact and, ne- and and not just kind of no contact and an obvious dive the thing is as a player <laughs> as a player for example Raheem Sterling mm. Raheem Sterling's been accused in the past of going down easily yeah but then in the match today <laughs> uh, Manchester City and uh, Huddersfield Huddersfield yeah. Congolo there's a clear penalty yeah so his argument will be well hold on yeah yeah. I deserve penalties. Same with the, the debate with Mo Salah. Yeah. People will say Mo Salah's been kicked from pillar to post, therefore he deserves penalties. All we want as football fans, as fairness, we want players to be encouraged to play more football. And where there's the slight contact, which football's a contact sport, we want to encourage players to stay on their feet and play out the situation, not to throw themselves down. And with the retrospective punishment... I don't care if the referee hasn't been deceived or not. If there's a clear act, then it should be punished by a two-match suspension, which they've got in place. But a clear act? Yeah, but... How clear? I've seen, I've seen clear enough situations with more Salah this season. So, so contact, think he would, so embellishment. Retrospective action should, should do, happen. Do you think losing more Salah for two games... Or Harry Kane for two huge. games? Yeah. Or huge. Delhi, or Delhi. I'm, not, I'm not just mm. going to hold out more Salah. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to talk about other players. Yeah. If you ban them for two games, do you think his coach is going to be happy? Crazy. I mean, that, that can be that's six points at stake. So you, do you think it'll clear up? Of course it'll clear up because the punishment mm. meets the crime. Mm. Mm. I, had a, I, had a player, I had a player in a playoff game that were winning 1-0. Playoffs are huge. To get into the Premier League, you're talking $150, uh, $150 mm. million dollars mm. to, win, to win this mm. match. And he had the player, I gave him a yellow card, and, and he said to his mark, it's only a yellow card. What? You've tried to cheat us, and if I make it give a penalty and it's two zero, I'm going to be abused afterwards because I've affected the game. Mm. But they don't care. Mm. So the punishment of a yellow card or nothing doesn't meet the crime. You know what? As well, yeah, we, I think with this this retrospective action, Rob, mm. it hasn't it hasn't made it hasn't any better. Made, no. Do you no. think, Mark, no. over all your years, we've had now, one, I think, haven't we? There's two, a kid the two, two, two. two. Nias was one of them. Yeah, right? Nias and somebody and else. Somebody, yeah. Is it got worse, Mark? It, you know, is there any improvement over your time of refereeing? Uh, no, it's definitely... I think there's a lot lot less simulation. In my day, there was a lot. Mm. There was lots. You know, I remember Luis Suarez. He was... Diff- he he, yeah. he, yeah, he yeah. used to go down very, very easy. Gareth Bale. He mm. was guilty in, in a few mm. acts. So, players have been doing it for years. You know, but now we've got better camera angles. Mm. We've got, 
HDTVs. We're actually seeing no contact now. But do you know what's really funny? And you, you, you just spoke to thought. When we used to play, and if I was playing, my manager says, you get contact, go down. That's what the manager would say. Is that right? They would say, if you, if you get contact in the box, and you, go down. So, but yeah, yeah I, can see, I can see different arguments because I hear arguments where the player's been hit. And he's trying to stay on his feet yeah. and not want a penalty, yeah, and then everybody yeah. goes, "Go down, down. <laughs> yeah." But I think there's an un—it's it's probably an unwritten rule, mm. isn't it? Yeah, you try and stay on your feet. I think it's easier for a referee to sell a penalty yeah. if the player goes down. Yeah, if he doesn't go, go down, down, it's, it's difficult to sell. One, it? yeah. no, it's a difficult one to sell. Okay, let's try to lighten up a little bit now. A bit of an easier question for you, Mark, for this one. This comes from Jay Jafus, uh, who wants to know how many weeks, how many hours per week do top referees spend in preparation for coming games? We straight away the appointment will come out at 4pm on a Monday that's when you start preparing so how many hours I can't define but I do me training every day I want to be as fit as I can I want to be ready from a nutritional point of view people say oh, you're only a referee that's <laughs> what you eat during the week as well I'm like a player you've got, mm. you've got to prepare the best you can but also I'll analyse the teams I'll, yeah, 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 what I'll do you look do? on the what internet you, you know having the internet's brilliant I had you've got uh, different uh, technology companies providing all the games of the teams so I can analyse, for example, how they set up at corner kicks. I can mm. see how if they put players on the edge of the on the yeah. on the post, why, mm. why, why, why do you think referees need to know that? Of course, because if a corner comes in, I want to know who's on the post. Yeah. So if there's a red card and a handball on the goal line, you know, I don't have to worry. Mm. I know it's number sixteen. I know mm. it's number fourteen. So. These inf- this information yeah. is huge for a referee. So you need to plan. You can't define how many hours because some of the big games. You need more time. But you do prepare. look at footage. Mm. Yeah. You will look at footage. You're looking at, you're looking at trends. I'm looking at attack and free kicks. I want to know. I had a situation in a Champions League semi-final where Pierluigi Colina, who was my boss, sat mm. down with us and helped us analyse football. And what he said, Mark, he said, from the first leg, he said, have you seen this tactic? I went, no. He showed us six areas where the smallest player from Bayern Munich was blocking off Piquet. And Piquet was the only tall player from Barcelona who was meeting all the attacking balls coming into the penalty area. And this guy was just blocking Piquet. But you would never expect it because they're some of the smaller guys. Mm. Correct. That's fascinating. It's creating creating space. So this tactic Mm. helps you prepare. So when I prepared for this game, I bloomed the first foul against the guy. And you know what? Never happened again. Never happened again. That's great, isn't it? Brilliant. It's it's a great story. I've got a great question for you, actually, from Mrs. Angie Cox. And she asks, how old were you when you first started refereeing? My boys referee in the US, their ages are 14, 16, and 17. And did you ever think at the start of that refereeing time that you'd ever make it into a career? Yeah, I started at 16, straight from school. Um, I knew I couldn't play at the highest level. I went for trials, just wasn't good enough. So I wanted to stay in the game, and that's why I took up refereeing. Simple. From 16 to 24, I then become a, I become a semi-professional at 24, Premier League at 29. So I was fast-tracked. Mm. I was one of the, you know, the, the first referees in England to be, to be pushed quite quickly. So you have to start young. Now it's a young man's game. Uh, referees are getting younger and younger. Mm. They're getting promoted quicker. Do I regret it? Never. Mm. I've had the most amazing experiences, most amazing memories. So to have your boys at 14, 16 and 17... They're on the path. My oh, my recommendation <laughs> is go out and enjoy it. As long as they enjoy it. Yeah. The only worry I've got is culture's changing. Culture's mm. changing. Therefore, they need protecting mm. in a good environment with the, with the football and academies. Mm. We're different because sometimes... And sometimes it was good for me grounding yeah. to go out to the Sunday morning parks 
and dealing with adults because that helps you manage cer- certain situations. Just tell us, because every every player will remember their first Premier League game. Tell us about your first Premier League match as a referee and, and like, you know, I mean, to tell off top stars who you've maybe been watching on TV and, 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 <laughs> and, and adoring. The thing was, I spent four years grounded on the Football League, the second, third, yeah. fourth tier of English football. So, I had enough ground and I did all the big games, I did all the derbies, so I was ready. Mm. My first game was Crystal Palace Everton and it wasn't on the first weekend of the season which disappointed us because you always want to be out, you get mm. your new kit <laughs> and you want to get out, new boots, <laughs> new whistle, new cards. <laughs> so it was the second round of games, it was Crystal Palace Everton and I'll never forget it because the first half, I come in at half time and I was exhausted because I'd ran around that much mm. in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Billy Wiz, I was just running around. Second half, I had nothing left and it was interesting the sports scientist because you wear polar heart rate monitors in training and in matches he said Mark he said you were at your maximum for the whole of the second half and that was you know that was a learning now Mm. because I got a bit more experience I didn't run after the ball I actually started (laughs) to pick me moments bit like an experienced (laughs) player just just before we move on just one more um, angle on this question is the pressure increased is it something you'd still recommend young boys and girls to get into given the pressures at the highest level and, and what it, how it can affect the life of a referee come on the, the rewards are bigger the rewards are bigger to stand in, in a Euro final Champions League final the biggest games in the world yeah there's it's, there's wor- it's huge, worse than, huge yeah. you know you're talking huge huge you know the pressure but it's now a profession mm. it's now a profession and to have a profession in something you love mm. a bit like yourselves yeah. you love the game mm. So, to have something you love and you get up every day, training becomes easier because I'm actually enjoying it. So, anybody that wants to start refereeing off, go for it. Go for it. Next question from Blue in the Zoo. Does a home crowd have an influence on a ref's decision? Stats would suggest that they do. Curious for your perspective. How many times do you hear this question? Do you get influenced (laughs) in Old Trafford? (laughs) Because there's 70,000. Come on, be honest. Can you be honest? It, it, It actually, and use my put it from a football and yeah. a player's point of view but actually but the bigger the crowd the less you hear yeah. it's when you go to uh, plough lane no, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when you have 1,000 when, <laughs> yeah, when you yeah, go to you the smaller grounds you yeah. hear the individual yeah. and some yeah. of it's abusive <laughs> no but, but 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 when a roar a roar of, of old traffic yeah. goes and up not, like, and when somebody goes penalty, down d- yeah, and, you and hear you, that you must hear that and that does it influence you I don't many but no it actually you know it, it, it didn't because I used to blank it out I suppose mm. as a young referee you probably are more aware of it but mm. once you got a bit more experience because the good grounding my good grounding was when you, when, you, when you start your international career and you go to Eastern Europe mm. Greece Russia that's where you get your Turkey. grounding yeah. Yeah, and Turkey when they're in the stadium yeah, two and a yeah, half hours yeah. before kickoff that's the, them moments give you all the support so when you do go into the Premier League it isn't that bad. And in fact, you go to places like Old Trafford, it's quiet. Mm. You go to Everton on an evening match, it's unbelievable. Yeah, nice. So mm. what you think is noisy can be different. Now. Can be different yeah. I've got a good question here. Jeremy Reddy asks, why does the referee hold his arm in the air on a goal kick until someone touches the ball? Because, uh, and the quick answer is, the hand up in the arm is an indirect free kick. So that's the recommended signal for a referee. That's what he has to use on an indirect. Direct, mm-hmm. you have your hand down. Yeah. The arm up is an indirect free kick. So therefore, you cannot score a goal. If you score a goal, it's a goal kick. If you score in your own goal, it's a 
corner. So you cannot score from an indirect free kick. So mm. having that arm in the air is an indication everybody. Yeah. to everyone. Mm. So it's a selling, mm. probably a selling decision. Yeah. Also the goalkeeper. Because oh, if knows, you've got yeah. a free kick, if you've got a free kick, the goalkeeper needs to know because mm. yeah, he can't yeah, direct on. Yeah, he can see the the arm mm. up. So you keep it till it's actually been played again. Because then if it, then if it's it live. Yeah. Goal. So yeah, but you know, very rare you see an indirect free kick given now because mm. what what people need to understand is it's become there's becoming more contact. Therefore, if I, for example, block somebody, which is what an yeah, indirect, indirect used to be, used to be yeah, indirect, yeah, like yeah used to be opponent. used to have loads of indirect. Yes. But in, yeah. Yeah. now, when do you ever yeah. see a free kick no, given? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no contact. Yeah. So where there's contact, it always mm. goes as a direct. direct. So you very rare see an indirect mm. free kick, mm. other than offside. Yeah, yeah. Next one, on Burke uh, asks, I like the headset the referee wears. Who is he talking to? What's discussed? Is it ever made public? It should be made public. I think the future is it should be made public. Mm. Why not? So people in the stadium can plug in a bit like uh, they use it in rugby. Rugby in, in, a in, lot, England. Don't in England, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Twickenham, you yeah. hear everything. The so why not? Why not sell? Mm. You know, it's another another chance to to have a revenue stream of people listening in to to what the referees are yeah, saying, yeah, interacting again. Why, you know, mm. we're in a transparent world. Yeah. Why should we worry chance. about what's being said between the referee and, and and players? Because actually, how fan fans will respect what the referees are trying to do with players and how they manage players because it'll be fascinating to listen to. I've got an interesting question here from Tyler Pellegrino and he has asks, how do you decide how much stoppage time is added at half-time and full-time in each game and does the stoppage time get added together by another watch you use? It's, all, it's always something that's baffled him. Yeah. I would always rely on Alex Ferguson's time. Whatever his time was, <laughs> you played till. But no, seriously... People have talked about this for years because they should, people have said, take the time off the referee. bit like what happens in, in American sports, in yeah. rugby. Like a, yeah. Was take it a live clock, clock or something? They call it a live clock and they yeah, stop the clock. Yeah. What I do, and this is something I, I, I recommend it to referees and they use it now. Mm. A lot of referees use it. So one of the techniques I use is every caution, every substitution is 30 seconds. Mm. It's a balance. You can't measure everything because it becomes... A bit boring. Some substitutes are done at half time, so you don't count them. Mm. But the ones that are in general play is additional 30 seconds. Yellow card, 30 seconds. They're, that's the recommendation. When you've got a serious injury or an injury that needs the treatment, then I time it and I make the fourth official record it. Therefore, when you give the time to the clubs and the managers, the poor fourth official who's going to get abused if he puts seven mm. minutes up, <laughs> he's got the record. Look, guys. There's the 30 seconds, there's the 30 seconds. But look, this, this injury took, like Bellerin's in, yeah. the, in the Arsenal-Chelsea game. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. People want to know, but also, I still think we need to do more. Because what frustrates me is when you're in added on time and you don't know when the game's going to finish because there's been maybe an yeah, injury, a minimum of, maybe, yeah. a, maybe an injury, yeah. maybe some more substitutions. And then you're getting, like for example, it happened at Southampton-Everton, the coach has gone ballistic because yeah. he's put four minutes on the board and we're now into the eighth minute of injury time. Yeah. When do we finish? Mm. I think at that point, there needs to be some address, either by loud loudspeaker or the fourth official puts another board up that we're going to play another four minutes because sometimes it's a bit confusing. When do we finish the game? When we're not? And it's confusing. Uh, there's one more from uh, a, a question here from, yeah. uh, from a listener. I've got one as well, which... Shall I go first or yeah. the last one? Let, let, let me go with the last one. This is Tyler Barnes, 29. Yeah. 
basically says here, Mark, most bizarre moment to happen on the pitch <laughs> as a referee. There's millions of bizarre <laughs> things. Millions of bizarre things. Anything say, that's outstanding you know, to you? I always get a meal stripper that runs on the pitch. Oh. I, had, I had Father for Justice run on a pitch. <laughs> but one of the most bizarre <laughs> things, I was refereeing a match and it was in the Premier League. It was uh, Blackburn Rovers against Wigan. Local derby, yeah. great local yeah, derby. Northwest, yeah. yeah, lovely derby. Mm. Blackburn was a great club, mm. but they were they were just taken over by the Venkies. Oh, okay. And any of the listeners that are listening that don't know who the Venkies are, the the, the Middle East co- uh, company in in the Middle East, and they do chickens. So they they they, they, they kill chickens the and for the poultry, for chicken, yeah. Poultry. It's a chicken farm. So they were they were protesting against the way Blackburn from being such a successful under Walker mm. to mm. where they were now. And I've down the headset, I get a shout. Mark, Mark, you need to stop the game. I went, why? There's a chicken on the pitch. <laughs> I went, shut up. Can't be a chicken on a Premier League yeah. pitch running around the penalty area. <laughs> so I looks up and there's Paul Robinson, the goalkeeper, I think chasing I around this. for this chicken. But you know, when I got to the chicken, it was dressed up in a Blackburn Rovers outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic. Red card for Brilliant. the chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, live on chickens TV. off the menu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got this. I don't want to open a can of worms here with this one, Mark. And I know we're near the end of our podcast here, but it's just for me. And of course, we do this every weekend. We argue, and we, you know, and we get some some uh, response through social media. Handball. Now, give us your thoughts or a solution because it's so different in different leagues in different countries the interpretation of handball do you have anything that might go towards finding a solution to make it clearer when a handball should be given or not we need to change the law simple because it's 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 an old school law Mm. it's the only law in football that has to be deliberate i'm sorry do I stop the game and say, Robbie Earl, did you deliberately yeah. handle that? Because yeah. I can guarantee you'll come back and say, no, not me, I didn't not me ref, do it. not yeah. me ref. Yeah. So therefore, so how, do you, so, so how does a referee know? If, if, if it's not deliberate, if, if he's got to ask if it's deliberate, every player in the football will say, I didn't deliberately yeah. handle it. So, so what's the solution? The so what's the yeah. solution? So, simple. If you gain an advantage by that handball, then it has to be punished. Therefore, I'll go back. You can't score. In the laws of the game, at the mm. moment, you can score a goal with your hand. Yeah. In the laws of the game. This is interesting, this one, spirit, isn't it? Spirit, spirit of the, of the game, game. Nobody will accept scoring a goal with your hand. Right. Nobody in football. So therefore... Yeah, we had this, didn't we? Yeah, it, we had this. But this yeah. would tie into your idea. If mm. you word it, you gain an advantage by yeah. that handball. Have you then gained an advantage mm, by, by scoring score. a goal? Yeah. If, for example, and here's another example. If a defender plays a ball to his centre-half and the attacker runs through mm. and it accidentally or it hits his arm, it lands to his feet and he's clean through in on goal. Yeah. Are you telling me a referee isn't going to whistle that? Because he's gaining an advantage. advantage by it. Mm. So it's, an, it's not a deliberate handball, but the act of it... Has gained an advantage. Inside, inside the middle of the pitch... When you're in midfield, mm. you see more and more handballs given when they drop to the to yeah. the, to the def- but you never see them in the penalty no. area because the consequence thing, is different. Isn't it? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, for me, they need to change the law, and I know they're looking at it at the moment. Is to change the law. If you gain an advantage by it, therefore it should be. Punished. Let me let me let me throw this one in then. I'm on the edge of the box, and I'm going to fire in a cross or a shot, 
and it hits totally accidentally a defending player on the arm and it might have gone into the corner of the net. That's unfair, Mark, because, yeah, you'd give that as a gaining advantage because it stops the ball going into the goal. But he has absolutely no idea and you might encourage players like me who's thinking of ways of getting around it to smash a ball into the centre to a group of players because... You know, it, it's game. It's my customer's arm. Suarez was a master of it, flicking a ball up yeah. on the players' yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, that's that would be my concern with that. That you, players, you know what players like, Mark. They'll if anybody knows what, they, yeah. they'll work around the system and the rules. Could that be a problem? I think that that, that type of situation. Well, the only problem, really. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that, that type of situation should be just play on. If it's fired at you, yeah, and yeah. you can't do anything about it. The worry I've got, well, and this but, goes back to the spirit. Mm. You tell me, would you accept the ball's fired in and you're on the goal line and it hits your hand? And it's by its side and yeah. it hits your hand. Yeah. Does anybody accept that that's not a goal? It should be a penalty, sorry. Because you've stopped, stopped a with goal. A hand. You've with stopped a, hand. a certain goal well, going it's in. It's all the whole deliberate yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not deliberate. deliberate but, yeah. but then, so, so should you be punished for something that was a total accident? But you, ex- even th- but you cannot. Is it, is it <laughs> you tell me who will accept... If goal ball going into the goal, and it accidentally hits a hand, and it's not awarded as a penalty, because attackers will go crazy. The mm, the yeah, man, the manager will go, go crazy yeah, yeah. because he said it stopped a certain goal. Mm, I get that. It's just difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, whichever way you crazy. do it, whether you, it's got to be deliberate or not, or, or whether your idea of, of not gaining advantage, it's just going to be difficult in the interpretation. The the one thing that really really bugs me is when players put their hand behind the back, it's not natural, it's not right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look, yeah. the image isn't no. right. And I know why they do it. Yeah, because they're scared. That one, yeah, that one where somebody crosses, it catches your hand and a penalty is given. Yeah, mm. so I can see why they put it behind, mm. but that's not natural. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> so we talk- shouldn't have to do that. You know, no. we talk about, just to give the, the, the listeners a chance to understand what a handball is, you know, what is natural and what is unnatural. Yeah. You know, the hands, anything around about the waist, outside the body and around about the waist upwards, is always going to be deemed a handball. One hundred percent. Yeah. Always going to be deemed a handball because the hand shouldn't be yeah. uh, uh, unless you balance. Yeah. It's not an expected position. Do you know what? That's been a great chat, mate. Beautiful. Um, um You know what? I've realised, Robbie Muster. Oh no. You gotta be mad to be a referee. <laughs> <laughs> That's it from us. It's been brilliant to have our good friend Mark Clamberg here on the show with us. And as ever, it was great to get your Mark, your views, Mark, and great insight. And who'd have thought two cynical pros like me and Musty in with a referee and agreeing with most he said? Well, that what makes this a great game. I'm Earl, he's Musto, together with two Robbies. Good night from me. That's good night from him. Good, good night. night. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.